What the fake it till you make it approach gets right about how things actually work. So first of all, I mean, stating something like this is actually how things work is obviously something that you should not really do, I guess. But nevertheless, it made a good title. Therefore, I just stated it. And now let's actually dive into what is behind fake it till you make it. And this actually will be kind of a deep dive, I guess. Also exploring the actual psychology and the actual, maybe also neurology. Not really neurology, but how kind of the brain works. Simplified. Now, here's the thing. If you do things, then you have certain feelings about these things. This is kind of inherently connected to doing the things. If the part of your mind you cannot really control believes that you are doing things that lead you into the direction of the things you actually want to do, this could be eating food, therefore getting a dopamine release and also getting a serotonin release when eating carbs. And these are things that are not necessarily controlled by the rational part of our mind, by system two, but rather by system one, the automatic part of our mind. And also our, our body, our, our mind in connection or in compliance with our body. So now the thing is that if you do things you know are wrong, feel like you're doing things you know are wrong and if you feel if you basically feel good then this obviously is a signal from kind of the automatic part of our brain that things are actually working I mean there are many psychological effects that kind of distort this perception distort this perception of the automatic part of our brain actually analyzing and trying to interpret reality in a way that actually is helpful and then giving us feedback through emotions because if you think about it emotions are basically the system two's way of communicating very complex things like for example just take love what is love actually it's like physical attraction it's like the general concept of evolutionary fitness combined into this one single feeling. It's trying to figure out if this is someone we actually want to live with for the rest of our life or for some part of our lives. And so many more things. We couldn't, with our rational mind, we couldn't make a, a list, a checklist with like 200, 500, 600 items and then actually try to try to actually factor all the factors with the with a basically an appropriate an appropriate factor weight and therefore just bringing all of this all of these factors into a priority that makes sense and then actually trying to find an optimal solution this is not something we can compute with our mind I mean we can try to by using tools like programs like databases but this is obviously very complicated and also these tools only existed like for a few hundred years comes to digital things not a few hundred years so now the problem obviously is that we have to interact with reality we have to make decisions but also system two the automatic part of our mind of our body has to have a way to communicate with us as the rational mind and therefore i think this is kind of why emotions exist at least that's a very nice explanation this doesn't necessarily mean that it 
scientifically true explanation. It just means that's a very nice explanation. Now, if you take a look at fake it till you make it now, okay? We actually now take a look at the brain. The brain is made up of neurons. The neurons are the cells of the brain, and these neurons are basically like points of interest. So you can think of these neurons as points of interest on a geographical map. And if you now connect these points of interest, then through axons and dendrites, so axons are, the, are basically the connections going off from one cell, connecting it to another cell, another neuron cell, and the dendrites are the other way around. Basically, connections from other cells to the cell we actually are viewing right now. So now, the thing is that these points of interest all connect. They don't necessarily connect all. The connections are only made if the two points of interest are connected. For example, if you know a word in Italian and you also know a word in German, then there is obviously kind of somewhere on this map stored the information that this word kind of means the same thing. Therefore, there is a connection, even though it's not as easy as, okay, this is the word here, and this neuron, the word, I don't know, um, mama is stored, is stored, and on this other, on this other neuron, the actual German word is stored, and then there's just a connection. This means, no, it's not as easy as this, but somewhere on this map, on this map, with all the points of interest, we have stored the actual information, and what it now means is, that the connections are kind of a way to actually learn things. So if we actually learn things, we make new connections because it's obviously not as easy to build new roads than to just use the existing roads. And using the existing roads to drive on these roads is kind of the parallel or the analog to thinking. Not really with a rational mind all the time, but also with a not so much rational mind. So now, building roads requires effort, and therefore it also has building roads. There has to be an incentive to actually build the roads, and this incentive can be that we actually want to learn a new language, that we actually put really heavy system one, no system two, I was, I was wrong, system two effort into trying to build these new connections and trying to establish these new connections. So, this means we can either connect already existing maps better by just creating new connections, or, yeah, well, that's basically it. That's, that's basically all we can do. We can also regenerate kind of um, cells, the neuron cells. This was kind of a belief for a very long time that you couldn't, that you couldn't basically, that the brain cells couldn't really regenerate. And I still, yeah, well, they, they kind of can but not on a level as other cells of our body. So now, for example, there was like a case where somebody in his brain was kind of split after an accident, I think it was something like this, and then he was 
else if you don't put in the effort of actually trying to become this other thing. Therefore, you have to fake it because that's the necessary thing. That's the only thing that works. You have to fake it. Not in a sense that you now have to fake something, hold up an image of yourself that you, for example, are a millionaire and drive around in like fancy cars and whereas in reality you aren't really. It's not about the fake it till you make it approach. The fake it till you make it, I think, is just a very, a very hands-on approach to how actually things work, how we actually can make things work. Because we have to fake things until we make the things. We have to fake being a driver in driving lessons or where you, wherever, wherever you learn driving, because otherwise you will never be a driver. But in the beginning, you aren't a driver. You're just a person sitting in a car and not understanding what's going on because all the things you're doing are just too much. It's, the job is just too complex because the automatic part of your mind hasn't taken over yet because you just didn't put in the necessary hours. You have to fake being a driver. This could also mean that you have somebody next to you who's better at driving than you. But if you don't fake being a driver, if you don't pretend to be a driver, you're, I mean, you, do, you obviously are not a driver if you begin driving. But you just sit in a car, you pretend to be able to drive, but you are not. But it doesn't matter because no one knows, really. I mean, people will know if you don't drive properly, but that's not the, that's not the thing. The thing is, obviously, fake it till you make it is often used as a very, in a negative way, as a way to not be able or for somebody to just fake interactions and fake different personalities. But this is also, I mean, if you think about it, we all have dozens or more different roles in life. We are fathers, sons, workers, we may be musicians, we may be craftsmen, we may be um, game enthusiasts, we may be visitors at a park. There are just so many different things in all of these different roles have different behaviors connected to these. For example, you interact differently with your friends than your family. And there's a reason for this because it's just a difference. And this difference already exists. We just kind of accept it. We, for example, if we talk to children, we are like, oh yeah, what's going on there? And we then, if we talk to an adult like this, it would be completely nuts, but nobody thinks about it because it's just something we all do. And therefore, therefore, just faking things. For example, if you have never talked to a children, and then you see how others are talking to children, you don't really understand why it makes sense, but nevertheless you begin to do it, and then you also, also talk to children like this. And then it's like, yeah, well, how did this happen? It happened by basically faking to be able to talk to children like other. I mean, you get the point at this point. So, also faking social interactions. I mean, the point I was trying to make is that we all act. We have to act. If we are unsure whether it's the right thing to call a person and ask for something, for example, we have to fake confidence in order to not be like, oh yeah, I actually thought about, um, probably you don't even, um, you won't even have time for me because probably you will think that I'm not good enough for this thing anyway and therefore this is kind of often how we think I guess because we all doubt ourselves. Doubt
just I'm just realizing how much of talking like this for example is also just faking till you make it. My English for example the last few days has just brought again and again and again less than struggle to put out my thoughts into like proper English sentences whereas like a few days before Obviously not something that's very helpful 